Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, kitchen chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, dear foodie friends, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. This is your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I'm so glad you're joining me in my kitchen today, and I hope you are doing well. Chef Jamie Larita, my co-host, is in his kitchen, and we have a very special guest today. He's been on Kitchen Chat before. Matt Moore, who is a barbecue guru and uh, griller extraordinaire, and he's out with a new book called Serial Griller, Grill Master Secrets for Flame Cooked Perfection. Uh, Matt, welcome back to Kitchen Chat. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Uh, well, first of all, how are you? We're, we're doing a... Um, very special feature these days on comfort food and comfort mood to help the listeners get through this time. And I know that barbecue is indeed a, a comfort food for many, but how are you doing? How are you thriving through this? Well, thank you. I hope you're well first and, and thanks for asking. Um, it's been an interesting, an interesting time um, here. I'm actually based out of Nashville, Tennessee and spend uh most of my life on the road, uh, about 200 dates a year, and was uh, fortunate to be home. I say I say it fortunate, but it was also unfortunate to be in Nashville the evening of, of March 2nd when we were hit uh, with a tornado here. And um, uh, fortunately, uh, we were directly hit at my house. Those about 25 yards away were fared much worse than, than myself and our family, but we were all safe. And um, it was a tough, interesting time period to go through several weeks of repairing and, and without power. And Obviously, our, our community kind of re- rallied around each other. And then, you know, we literally just uh, kind of cleaned up that mess and then stepped right into uh, this pandemic. And, um, yes. you know, it's been a challenging time, but we live in the heart of the city. And, and every day we have uh, great food and, and, and cocktail hour out on the front porch. And I've been uh, <laughs> I've been cooking up with my family more than ever before. So there's a lot of good things that have come out of it. My, my favorite grill, I, I have a, I'm from Georgia. There's a company down there that's one of the oldest cast iron manufacturers called Golden's Cast Iron. And uh, they have a Kamado style cooker that weighs about 750 pounds and it, it was not destroyed. <laughs> so um, I have been uh, without power for a long time. We were grilling out throughout that uh, tornado related. And then obviously being home every night, it gives me a chance to reconnect uh, with my two young girls and my wife. And um, the weather's been fantastic. And, and we've literally been cooking up something on a nightly basis from the book. Um, it's my way to kind of share some of those recipes and stories with my own kids and, and get them to expand their palates. So as far as the book is concerned, you know, you see, obviously, there's so many cookbooks out there and grill books. What makes yours more unique and what recipe comes to mind that you have in this book that's a little bit different that you can share with us? Yeah, you know, I think this is a very timely style for this book. Um, we mirrored a format that we utilized in my last book, which was called The South's Best Butts. Uh, no, it was not a calendar. It was a cookbook. <laughs> yes. um, but we traveled um, all across the, the barbecue belt and interviewed pitmasters to tell their stories. Um, that was coming on the heels of me writing two of my own books with my own recipes and content. And um, 
it, it provided me a chance to kind of go out and defer to others. And obviously everything in barbecue happens very low and slow. This is our opportunity with Cereal Griller to go out and explore everything that could happen hot and fast. So we traveled over 10,000 miles um, to document. We work with two of the last James Beard outstanding chefs like Michael Solomonoff and Ashley Christensen, uh, experts like Meathead in Chicago and up and comers. So, you know, I think the cool thing that folks are getting out of this book is you get a lot of different viewpoints and perspectives, um, a lot of different experts as to some of their secrets and their recipes. And I'm really sitting there as that narrator. And, you know, these are people that need to be recognized right now. A lot of their restaurants are, are closed. They're out there um, supplying health workers with food and just trying, trying to, to do their best. And I think, you know, a way to honor them is to know more of their stories and cook their recipes and, and share those. So I think in terms of the format, uh, it's quite unique uh, just because it is a, a sort of a compilation that's, that's driven from the same narrator. That's great. And did any of these tips that were provided uh, by these great grillers that you mentioned, did any of them surprise you? Yes. Michael Solomonoff puts club soda in his costas uh, because he says the meat is springy. Uh, Meathead is a huge uh, uh, you know, creator of what he calls the redneck sous vide or the, the reverse sear that's become so popular. I think probably one of my favorite terms it was just sort of said in passing was Ashley Christensen at her restaurant Death and Taxes in Raleigh. You know, she had mentioned a trip that she had gone on to Uruguay where they talked there not about grilling, but they used the term called shaping fire. And, and that really stuck with me because she was one of the last chefs that I had visited. And I noticed throughout my travels that, you know, we're not just simply grilling, but every effort is to actually kind of use fire and use our grills uh, in the same way that a welder would. Uh, with different heat points and, and different nuances, different airflow, because we want to shape the fire to, to actually cook our food. So a lot of information gleaned and a lot of different perspectives, but those were a few that were certainly those that stuck out. I'm curious too, Matt, you had mentioned about getting your children involved, some of the favorite stories and creating taste memories for them. Right now, there are a lot of parents at home uh, creating a lot of meals uh, with their kids. Is there something from your book? Uh, is grilling safe to involve the kids in? What tips would you have out there for parents during this time with grilling? Well, I, yeah, I want to certainly say don't ever take parenting advice from me. I had my four-year-old holding the uh, the charcoal starter just yesterday, and my wife uh, went ballistic on me, but uh, it was done in a safe manner. <laughs> um, Start me on. You know, yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's something nightly that we've been cooking. Um, you know, I am one of those people that if I'm home, I go to the grocery store like four times a day. Um, and my wife will tell you that actually my best friends work at the grocery store. Folks like Tommy that are the butcher at the local store were, were best buds. Um, so I love going up there just to chew the fat and see what looks great. But she's limited me to going to the grocery store um, once every five days. So mm. I've had like a lot of meals in rotation. But one of the things I've been buying consistently are just whole chickens. So we do a spatchcock-style chicken in the, in the book, uh, which is fantastic. We share it with the family, getting that nice, crispy skin. Uh, the kids love the, the, the thighs and the legs. Um, we also do a really cool recipe that I was shocked that they love, but it's a, a chicken thigh with herb salsa. And I think, um, you know, if you're worried about grilling chicken, which a lot of people are, is it cooked enough or is it uh, too much cooked? The chicken thigh is, is one of those uh, equilibrators that makes everybody fantastic on the grill. Um, but we have this herb salsa that has uh, actually anchovy. It's got capers and garlic and fresh herbs. 
uh, vinegar for acidity. And even though it's got all those things, it's kind of like a Caesar salad herb dressing. Uh, my kids just absolutely eat it up. We serve it uh, in the proper fashion as we do here in the South over white rice, uh, which soaks up all that flavor. And um, you know, all that being said, there's also just the, the good old classic. Every, again, I talk about my wife a lot, but um, that's the reality. We've hung out more together in the last six weeks than we ever have. And, uh, she always limits my red meat. <laughs> she limits my red meat intake. But um, every five days I'm going and buying some sort of a steak. So uh, the cowboy ribeyes are what we enjoyed uh, last night. You're really profiling a lot of unique flavors within barbecue flavors um they vary quite a bit by region and by state um especially when it comes to rubs and sauces and and woods used. you know cereal griller is a is a great fun title uh, but there's also a, a context to it it's, no matter the course no matter the meal uh, we can make it better over fire what has your most unique ingredient been that you you discovered along this journey you know a couple um I was in Margie's Grill in Louisiana, uh, Chef Marcus and his wife, Caitlin, there. Um, it's a broad and bold statement, but I, I would say that Margie's Grill in New Orleans is the best restaurant in New Orleans uh, and, and may even go as far as to say it's, it's currently the best restaurant in the Southeast. Um, they're doing a lot of um, care with, with ingredients out of the Gulf. Obviously, New Orleans has such a varied history and Marcus trained under Donald Link, but he's got a real influence from Southeast Asia. And, and he said that he keeps one foot in, in, in Louisiana and one foot in the Mekong Delta. So you know, they actually do a, a crispy pigtail that was just ridiculously good. And another really interesting one was uh, in Metairie, Louisiana. So kombu, um, you know, an ingredient that a lot of people don't have on hand. But um, a guy there by the name of Edgar Caro that uh, actually does kind of a he's from Colombia, but very much a South American style. He has a restaurant called Brasa. And he actually wrapped a whole lobster in, in kombu um, and then really? put it on the grill. So it's, it's getting that steam, uh, picking up some of the salinity and, and that flavor. But actually, we, we ate the, the, the seaweed essentially is what it is. Oh. Uh, afterward, it had this kind of charred kind of popcorn flavor. So uh, those two uh, were, were certainly some interesting recipes um, and, and ingredients that we came across during our travels. Yeah, I love the idea of a kombu wrapped lobster. I you just like blew my mind on that one. I've never done anything like that. Well, I want to do it with scallops. The funny too. part is, <laughs> I asked uh, Edgar. I said, "How long has this been on the menu?" Uh, and, and he was standing over the fire. He looked at me. He looked. He said, "Never, but it's going to be." <laughs> oh, there. So there you go. A recipe being born. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So, if we could talk about vegetables and and produce uh, for those listeners out there who are plant-based, what are the options of grilling and what are some fun recipes and flavor profiles for recipes that feature that? Uh, you know, I've always tried to write my books to to be all-encompassing. Um, you know, that's, that's one of those areas where uh, I can even defer that we give instructions on every single recipe, not only for a charcoal grill, but a, a gas grill too. So for those that are maybe thinking the convenience of gas, um, you know, I want to accommodate as many people as possible. So um, one recipe that I did give up uh, that I said I never would because my wife always tells me I give up all the recipes in my books uh, <laughs> is a grilled Brussels sprout salad with a smoked olive oil vinaigrette um, that's just super delicious. Uh, we have a whole section of grilled salads, um, a salad niçoise, grilled Caesar, sans the egg. So uh, thinking, you know, for a lot of different diets and lifestyles, um, a lot of grilled fruits as far as desserts, um, an eggplant Mediterranean. So 
you know, I'm very conscious to, to make it uh, include the classics. You know, we do a triple cheeseburger in the book. We do smoked Greek ribs. But at the same time, I want to round it out with a lot of healthy um, grilled vegetables and fruits that uh, most folks probably are not putting on the grill to kind of expand their repertoire. I love this. I want this book. Well, you can obviously find it uh, wherever books are sold. And, you know, obviously right now our small and independent bookstores are doing everything they can, whether that's curbside pickup in certain states where they can do that. So I encourage you to go there. And obviously any online uh, retailer is, is to find this as well. Oh, Margaret, will... don't you want to become a cereal griller? <laughs> I never thought of myself in that term, but I would definitely welcome it. And especially knowing about the, the vegetable recipes. And I, I, it's, I don't know, it just seems like probably a strange concept to a lot of people that you would be out there grilling fruit or something, because usually, yeah, you can grill corn, but what are some of the other really unique flavor profiles of the vegetables and fruit that you are grilling? And what is a special ingredient that you'd recommend trying? So we, we grill quite a bit. We've got a, a peach, kind of bruschetta, the grilled peach, but I also do grilled peaches all the time and serve it with ice cream or Greek yogurt. Uh, we have a grilled watermelon, uh, mm. which is just one of my favorite pictures from the book that has, again, kind of a sort of spotted of Greek yogurt, pistachio over the top. Um, grilled strawberries um, at Michael Solomon uh, Zahab oh. restaurant. Uh, you guys are familiar. Uh, Camille Cogswell, who is his pastry chef there, yes. uh, they, they work off these um, very small, open setups, uh, ceramic grills where they're cooking, you know, traditionally uh, what they call a shishlik or a kebab. And she does a strawberry one that does, she does nothing to it other than let the, the smoke and the fire kiss it. Uh, she does make like a lebna feta honey-based ice cream, which is just super ridiculous that we give you the recipe for. But if you're not that ambitious, that ambitious, you can grill your strawberries and put it over <laughs> your own vanilla ice cream. Um, so, I, you know, I honestly think even even things like carrots or uh, potatoes, um, Meathead in Chicago did a reverse seared baked potato. So he cooked the potato over indirect heat the way we would have reverse sear for you know, the traditional baking time. And then he actually put it on the grill to where you get that just smoke and that crispy skin. So when you're you know, digging into that baked potato, it takes it that next level. Again, the idea of cereal griller, we can make things better by, by putting them on the grill. Uh, even carrots done in that same method. We cook them indirectly until they're tender, and then we, we get that fire and char on the grill. So um, to me, it's the perfect element. Uh, you can think of your grill uh, in the same way that you think of a stovetop in an oven. Mm. On top of the stove is where we're getting that con convective heat of the actual um, you know, heat transfer um, and, and the conduction. And then we're, we're putting it in, um, and I, I tripped up the terms there, but the convection by closing the lid of the grill is where we trap the heat and we allow things to cook up more gently. So all of that exists on, on the vast majority of backyard grills. Wow. So much great information. Now, I always like to end the show with three top tips for the home chef, or in this case, the, the home griller. What would you recommend? Three easy tips for the listeners to remember? First and foremost, don't be afraid to, to get out there and give grilling a try. Uh, for me, like I mentioned, it, it doesn't matter if you're just getting into it and, and, and convenience rules and you want to use a gas grill. As you start to maybe evolve towards uh, charcoals and, and hardwood coals, or even up to what my wife calls my Q cave with 15 different grills, you know, I want to make it accessible for everything. So uh, you got to get out of the starting blocks. You got to light a fire. If you use gas or charcoal, you're not going to bother me. Uh, we give you a recipe for everything. 
Uh, once you do, you know, get proficient, I'm a big believer, keep your grill clean, take care of, of what you have. You don't have to have a $3,000 grill to be able to cook great food. We could go to the local market right now and put something together very cheaply for 20 bucks and cook it over a grate and, and probably make it one of the best burgers of your life. Um, so it doesn't require a whole lot of expense, but just take care of what you have. And then, you know, I, I will say this. I believe strongly that we're going to get through this period. Uh, one of the first lines of the book is that cereal grilling is meant to be communal and we're all bound by our love for fire. So I say have fun, you know, in this time period where uh, we're all doing the responsible thing and, and we're staying home with our ourselves or even our immediate family. Hopefully this book gives you a lot of joy. You can read through all the journeys and the stories and kind of go on a, on a road trip of recipes and taste and sensation and, and sharpen your skills as a cereal griller so that when we can invite over our friends and loved ones, uh, your cereal grilling game is on point. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Matt Moore, for being on Kitchen Chat. Listeners, I'll make sure we have a link to Cereal Griller, Grill Master Secrets for Flame Cooked Perfection, 125 Killer Recipes. And we really, both Jamie and I, appreciate your being on the show today. And Thank you, guys, and uh, hope you stay safe. Yes, thank you. And dear foodie friends, please stay healthy and safe and connect to the kitchen. Visit kitchenchat.info. Check out Matt Moore's new book. Check out Chef Jamie Larita's great cooking on his Instagram at Jamie Larita. And always remember to take a moment and savor the day. Thanks for joining Margaret for Kitchen Chat today. Margaret would be so excited for you to drop by and visit with her at kitchenchat.info, where you'll enjoy podcasts, blogs, recipes, tips from chefs, and even great giveaways. She invites you to share your recipes and kitchen stories, too. As Margaret always says, savor the day.